Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Is Thanksgiving the end of pumpkin spiced everything season? Or is it like basketball? Another six weeks? Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, back from vacation. So tonight's show, 100% live. And on tonight's show, we're going to talk about, in pipe parts, tobaccos. Yeah, I realize we really haven't talked about the specific uh, strains or styles of actual leaf so we'll talk about that uh, my guest is part-time pipe maker mark price uh, mark won one of the uh, one of the pipes in the kansas city pipe club's uh, seven day set so we'll talk to him uh, music mailbag and thanksgiving message rant all that coming up in uh, tonight's episode of the pipes magazine radio show um, so yes i'm back yes i'm back and it was really nice to get away um <laughs> did not uh, did not pick the best days to drive on. Uh, on a Friday evening, we drove to Jacksonville, and that was a long night of traffic on interstates. And then coming back, we also drove back on Friday as well. Yep, the Friday before the big Thanksgiving getaway. So guess what? We weren't the only people on the road driving, but hey, we made it back. Um, did something smart this time, though. Uh Spent five and a half days at Disney World in the parks. Came back home on Saturday and was able to pretty much rest the entire day. Went to the little City of Concord Christmas Parade because they have to be first. And then uh, ended up uh, yesterday, on uh, yesterday, see how tired I am? Ended up on Sunday going to the Carolina Panthers game to watch primarily the halftime show. Yeah, the East Carolina University Marching Pirates were performing halftime, so check out my Facebook page. You'll see video of the marching band, which my daughter's a member of, actually marching on an NFL field for an NFL game. All right, enough of that. Let's get the show going. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company, and here we go. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with Whole Leaf Red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. 
Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. It wouldn't be Thanksgiving on the Pipes Magazine radio show without our little turkey friend, so there he is. All right, for pipe parts, we're going to run through these pretty quick, uh, but I thought, you know, I'd, I don't think we've ever really broken down the the basic types of tobaccos and where everything comes from. Uh, originally, when uh, the settlers landed in North America, the Indians were smoking Nicotiana rustica, which is about 10% nicotine, which is about uh, three times more nicotine per leaf than what uh, we're used to in our typical Virginias and, uh, and or Virginia Burley blends. Now, let's go through these as they are. So Nicotina rustica or wild tobacco. Uh, the other one that was discovered was, uh, was Burley. And then there was Brightleaf or Virginia. So you've got Burley and Virginia is the predominance. Um, White Burley is a derivative of Burley and was created specifically to be a real light color and is a is really heavily used in some of the older pipe tobacco blends and some of the American style cigarettes. Uh, there are other colors of burley. There's uh, red burley, and then there's some. Uh, you'll find some green river burley, but those are the basics of regular burley. Going into the uh, bright leaf, better known as Virginia tobaccos. Uh, Virginia tobaccos, very light colored, very light, naturally sweet taste. And Virginias really didn't become popular until they were grown and flu cured in the uh, in the south of the United States, and they became popular during and just after the Civil War because the Northern troops would come down and smoke this naturally sweet tobacco. Um, there's a little derivative called American Fire Cured, and it's a uh, it's a fairly robust variety of tobaccos used mainly as condiments. Um, but again, it's kind of a hybrid between the Burleys and, and the Virginias. Uh, it's grown in central Tennessee, western Kentucky, and Virginia. And it's a lot of, it's a higher nicotine, but more of a floral taste and adds a little bit of a, adds a little body to a blend. Uh, from all those, you run into the only really unique blend after that is Oriental Tobaccos. And Orientals are, again, we went through those, primarily grown in uh, in Turkey, Greece, Bulgaria, uh, Macedonia. That's where you get your classic Turkish or Oriental Tobaccos. Small leaves, highly flavorful. Um, especially well used in cigarettes over years, but we've loved them in 
pipe tobaccos. And again, they're regionally distinct. However, they've kind of gone away. And that's similar to what has happened, uh, what we've done with Perique, where it's regionally distinct and has a specific strain of tobacco that's been grown for it to go through that periking process. A couple of the other more unique blends or more unique tobacco products are Dark Fired. And uh, Dark Fired is primarily snuff chewing tobacco and some pipe tobacco blends. But the, uh, the, pl- the plants are kept small, they're fired heavily and smoked from uh, smoldering wood for a long time. Uh, Most dark-fired tobacco is grown in the U.S., although there's a little bit in Italy and then some coming out of Africa now. Uh, Again, it's got a very very heavy body and a a very intense flavor, and you'll see some of those in in some of the dark-fired tobaccos. Um, Dark Air Cured is very similar to... You know, to flu cured. Um, Maryland is another unique variation of tobacco. It's a light air cured type. Uh, it's used in a lot of American blended cigarettes and very few European cigarettes, but it's more or less a burley esque tobacco grown in the uh, in five counties in Maryland right around Washington, D.C. All right, so there's a little bit of some insight into some different strains and different styles of tobacco leaves that are out there. I think we've covered it all. Um, hopefully we can get, a, uh, get another farmer on here to talk about growing some of their more uh, unique products. Uh, of course, we could talk forever for the different, on the different types of cigar leaves, but we decided to stay you know, leave that out because we don't care. And uh, there's a couple other little oriental uh, oriental leaves that come out of the Middle East that are used for hookahs and uh, for some traditional smoking there. But we don't see much of it out here. All right, in just a minute, pipe maker Mark Price will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. 
Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sightlife Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Balto Dolce blend in public. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us on the phone from the great show-me state of Missouri, which is how you're supposed to pronounce it if you're actually from there, is uh, pipe maker Mark Price. Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. So you're in Springfield, Missouri, but you didn't grow up there. What is the deal with Springfield chicken and the or the cashew chicken? <laughs> well, it is the uh, the birthplace of of cashew chicken, uh, at least in its uh, most prevalent form. I guess there's other other forms, but it's uh, I I don't eat it often. So it, I'm certainly no expert on it, but it, it was, as I'm told, uh, it, it originated here in, in the bustling city of Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> and it is Missouri instead of Missouri, I just correct you. <laughs> well, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> so when did you get into pipe smoking? Oh, it was about... Five years ago, give or take, um, I had uh, one of those things that has always interested me. I had uh, had my uh, my father has had a, uh, a pipe stand, uh, one of the old round pipe stands with the humidor in the center, up in the top of a hall closet as long as I can remember. And I remember as a kid looking at he didn't smoke anymore, but I remember looking at his pipes from an early age and. Uh, examining them and then i had uh several other uh fond memories as a as a child of uh some, some really good men in my life that uh i associated with pipe smoking they uh, i had a an employer when i was a a teenager i worked on a tomato farm for a, a while my my twin brother and i and uh, we would uh, take a break and go sit on his porch and uh He'd, he'd fix us a glass of lemonade, and he would smoke his pipe, and then about half the time, stick it right back in his shirt pocket and uh, and burn a hole in his pocket. I don't know how many times, <laughs> and uh, we'd get back to work. But he was a character, and uh, and I, I just have fond memories of that. So it's something that uh, I was always interested in. And then uh, more recently, my uh, a good friend of mine, Matt Roussel, had started making pipes, and uh, as a lifelong woodworker, and uh, uh, I work in the design industry now, it was something that I I just couldn't uh, quit looking at. I thought I could do that. I, I know I could do that, and uh, it looks like fun. So uh, Matt showed up one day with a block of briar and a piece of bamboo, and said, "Here, make a make a pipe if you want to." And that's uh, 
like I kind of jumped jumped ship and <laughs> went into to how I uh, started making them. But my uh, my pipe smoking and pipe making came right on the heels of each other, about a year and a half apart. So. So what kind of woodworking did you do before? I've been a, a cabinet maker for well since oh since about two years out of college since uh, um, well right around 2000 I uh, uh, tried my hand at a few other businesses and uh, uh, career paths and decided that I had kind of avoided woodworking because I thought eh, I won't make any money at that and so I tried everything else and uh, turns out I was I was correct you, you don't make any money at it but uh, it's uh, I've just been drawn to working with my hands since uh, since I was a kid actually and uh, so I've worked in cabinet shops I've worked in uh, three different cabinet shops in the last oh gosh 15 16 years so sawdust is in your veins. It, it is. It is. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my parents say I, uh, that my brother and I would, uh, we, we didn't ask for toys very often. We were more interested in trying to make something to, to play with. So. <laughs> uh, you, you kids didn't blow up the stuff you made, did you? I'm, I'm sure we probably did <laughs> on, a, on a few occasions, uh, and there, there was uh, plenty of unsuccessful attempts at uh, making making a few things, I guess. But uh, it's something that's always always been in me. So, when you first started making pipes, what what did you think was the hardest part of the process? Hmm. The I, I did everything probably the exact wrong way as far as my approach to pipe making. I my first the first pipe I made was a uh, bamboo shank, uh, black bamboo, and uh, which was challenging. <laughs> and I uh, I didn't know if I could get a preformed stem for that, so I just ordered a piece of ordered three inches of uh, Ebonite, and thought, well, I, surely I could just make my own. And so I did a. I've, I've never used the uh, preformed stem because I, the the first one I did, I tried to, to I just made my own, which I, I made two for that for that first pipe. I, <laughs> I uh, went right through to the uh, airway on the first attempt, and oops. Uh, so I would say that my initially uh, making the stems was my was what I thought was the most challenging. Uh, Probably still is one of the most challenging parts. And what's your what's your favorite part of making a pipe? Oh, my favorite part is is shaping. I uh, I I generally shape before I drill uh, the the Danish style of freehand pipe making, and the, the, just to pick up a block and uh, sit out at the at the sanding uh, the the standing disc and and go at it it's uh it's i think the most therapeutic part of the <laughs> the process <laughs> is that you you remove a lot of material very quickly and uh, and it's uh that's 
that's my most enjoyable part, and I have to be careful because I can end up shaping seven or eight pipes and then uh, leaving them sitting for a little while because I would just enjoy continuing to, <laughs> to shape instead of doing some of the more tedious uh, uh, fine-tuning, although I, I enjoy those parts uh, also. And uh, But, uh, yeah, sitting, sitting down at the shaping wheel and, and uh, shaping is, is the most fun for me. So you, you need to hire somebody to come in and do the stems and the finishing detail for you. Well, I've I've got uh, I've got five kids, and uh, so I keep thinking that uh, I'm, I'm going to start the assembly line up sooner or later and get them uh, uh, get one of them on stems, one of them on uh, <laughs> finishing, and uh, we. But uh, so far, they haven't uh, they haven't uh, jumped at the opportunity, but. Uh, that's, that's my plan, anyway. <laughs> uh, those little tiny fingers should be good for getting in and, and finishing out the inside of the stem. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> There's a they're, mine are, are less and less dexterous all the time, and I think they can uh, they can get in with those uh, little fingers and uh, and make quick work of it. <laughs> now, this is something that I don't think I've ever asked on the on the show of anybody, but with your previous uh, woodworking and obviously doing cabinets, you you got involved in staining woods. Are there some stains that you tried to bring over from that into uh, into your pipe work? I not really. I uh, and you know I guess in some ways I had I had a little bit of a leg up. In that, uh, I had a good friend here in town that was uh, uh, able to. To guide me a little on some of the some advice on that first one, but uh, the uh, the finishing process is considerably different than uh, any type of finishing we do on cabinets, even uh, you know, our our sanding. It's just uh, com- completely different. And uh, he he gave me some good advice early on about uh, some pitfalls to avoid. So that was uh, that was helpful. And I would imagine the stains that are used for cabinetry, they're not intended to have flame right next to them, so it might be a little different. I, I wouldn't think so. I've uh, never never attempted it, but I, I can't see them uh, uh, I can't see them holding up and uh, being a being a good idea right next to that uh, hot bowl. So, <laughs> uh, is there a shape of a pipe that gave you problems making it uh the blowfish are one of my favorite shapes to make uh they're challenging but they're uh i guess that's the shape that i had to kind of i've had to kind of work my way through it and every time i feel like i get a little better grasp of what to do with some of those lines and uh uh, to make it all make sense, and uh, so the uh, that's and and it's, there's just uh, one of the things I like about it is it's kind of endless possibilities on on uh, you know it's been explored that shape's been explored so much, but uh, you can you know you can look at a, a a goto or some of the, some of these others and realize that there's a lot more possibilities for what can be done with this shape and that. Uh, that's one of the things I, I like about it. But 
uh, it is. It has been a challenging uh, uh, endeavor trying to to learn how to make those lines all work out <laughs> <laughs> and and make them all come back to come back again. Yes. <laughs> We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more pipes and. Uh, now I'm hungry for Chinese food, but we'll, uh, I'll suffer through that. So we'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes.com. CupOfJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupOfJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupOfJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, CupOfJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with a part-time pipe maker, Mark Price. Uh, Mark, what were some of the early pipes that you bought for yourself? Uh, I, I, the first, I believe the first two pipes that I bought were from uh, Matt Roussel. And uh, so I, I kind of unintentionally dove into the uh, artisan pipe uh, into the pool um, just because that's what I was uh, that's what I was presented with at first, but I, I don't have uh, the budget for artisan pipes, so I pretty quickly moved into buying uh, uh, a few estate pipes here and there at uh, our local uh, uh, brick and mortar, and then the majority of them I was buying just from um, antique stores, flea markets, and then... Uh, cleaning them up and uh, found, found a couple of good deals here and there and a lot of real average pipes and uh, uh, but it, it got me some pipes to to have a little bit of a rotation at least so yeah you guys in Springfield besides having uh, cashew chicken you're also really lucky to have one of the one of the few really good brick and mortar stores around and just for yes, him does absolutely. A, I mean, just for him, does a lot of custom blend stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. you, you got a real good pipe community to hang out with. Oh, we do, and it's uh, it's uh, always a fun place. I don't get to go and uh, hang out as often as I would like to, uh, but I, I try to I try to make it in every uh, 
every couple of weeks and uh, pick up a tin or two or some of their some of their house blends or uh, and just hang out and see what uh, I still go look through the estate uh, case on a fairly regular basis and uh, kind of nice to have a place I can go in and trade a few pipes off if I find something uh, something I kind of like and uh, it's a uh, it's a good store great great people now with five kids a full-time job and part-time pipe making uh, do you have any free time uh, I've, I've heard people speak of this uh, free time uh, <laughs> but I, I think that's all theoretical I, I don't know <laughs> don't really know what that means but uh not not much i i know that i don't i don't often have a lot of time to go uh lounge by the pool or anything <laughs> uh so how old are the kids uh the youngest just turned three and my oldest is 13 they're uh about every about every two years in between <laughs> got uh, four four boys and uh, a little girl smack in the middle of all of them Oh, I feel sorry for her. <laughs> she she can hold her own. There's, oh. there's no uh, <laughs> there's no uh, no concerns there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I know you're one of the few pipe makers in the world that does not have a website. But how do we get a hold of you if we want to see your pipes or or where can we find your pipes for sale? Sure, I uh, I do try to post on uh, Instagram and Facebook uh, pretty regularly. It's uh, Instagram, it's NW Price Pipes, and then uh, just under Mark Price in Springfield, Missouri on uh, Facebook. Uh, and then also you can reach me via email at mwpricepipes um, at gmail.com. So I'm on your Instagram, and i got to ask you about the picture of the Tall guy smoking a pipe with four, uh, looks like, um, aboriginal people that are standing next yes, to Yes, yes. Uh, that, that's a, a guy that I've gotten to know, and uh, uh, his name is uh, uh, John Michael George. He's a, uh, he's a uh, missionary in Papua New Guinea, and just a, a great guy. He, uh, he was back... Uh, Oh, last year for a, 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 I don't know what to call it, I guess a furlough for six months or so, and uh, he uh, he makes some pipes too, and uh, we got to we got to visiting, and uh, I I tried to buy a pipe from him one day, and uh, he said no, I, don't send me any money. He wouldn't give me his uh, PayPal address, and he just mailed the pipe to me, and so. Uh, I said, well, we'll uh, we'll see about that, and so I uh, I ended up sending him a pipe, and he uh, when he was back, he made sure to get me a picture of him uh, standing with some of his uh, the guys from the tribe and uh, smoking smoking my pipe there in Papua New Guinea. So that's uh, was kind of kind of special for me. So from the cashew chicken capital of the world, yeah. See, I'm hungry. Um, all the way around to the other side of the world, there's your pipe. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and also on there, there's a pipe that's got a real dark walnut kind of stain with a blue ring. Yeah, that's uh, that's from one of my uh, 
one of my favorite, uh, or for one of my favorite customers. He's a, a guy in Oklahoma, and uh, he's a fairly new pipe smoker. But we uh, we met at the Kansas City show this past year, and uh, he bought uh, he pretty much bought me out at the show. He <laughs> bought uh, I, I only brought four pipes, so <laughs> but he he bought two of them at the show, and then uh, had the uh, commissioned that one he wanted that with that blue bake light and uh wanted kind of a grayish uh stain which i i found was uh, a real challenge <laughs> to try to get a gray uh, gray finish on a pipe uh, but uh we we got as close as we could get with it and he uh as, as far as i know was uh, pretty happy with the pipe how is it working with bakelite and where do you find it uh, I find it, uh, usually I end up getting it at, uh, either on Etsy, uh, the little online, um, craft type, uh, website. They, a lot of people are selling, uh, you know, antique checker sets that were made out of Bakelite. Those work wonderful, uh, <laughs> wonderfully. Uh, I haven't had a lot of success in finding, uh, rod stock to be able to do stems uh but i, I enjoy working with bakelite you gotta you gotta be a little bit careful with it as far as uh you know you don't want to be breathing the dust from it but once you get it uh it, it's safe once you get it you're not uh, creating airborne particles to be breathing in so uh i it it works really well it uh polishes up nicely i i I just think it's a, a pretty cool uh pretty cool material to work with. And then of course at the same Kansas City pipe show, uh something happened where one of your pipes made it into a certain set. <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was a uh a pretty big uh pretty big surprise and uh and a, a real honor. I was uh was very, very pleased to to have that uh, have that experience so it was uh, certainly unexpected <laughs> was that the first time you've ever made a cavalier yes <laughs> yeah and uh, maybe that maybe the last time as well I, don't know. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed making that pipe it was a lot of fun to make it uh, added a whole new level of challenge in my limited pipe making experience but it was uh, it was a, it was a fun one yeah, so describe the pipe for us. Well, it was, uh, you know, we had to we had to meet the criteria of a of a uh, Cavalier as far as having a, a removable drain plug at uh, at the opposite end of the pipe, and uh, so what I uh, I took I don't even really know what to call the shape. It's uh, Kind of loosely based on maybe a uh, a ballerina or or maybe even an elephant foot kind of shape, but uh, I, I decided to I wanted it to stand on the foot, and uh, so I and I wanted it to have as much movement and uh, and uh, sweep to it as possible. So I, I brought the foot fairly far out to the front underneath the bowl, and then wrapped the shank and stem. As far as I as far as I thought I could around them, and then uh, 
stem kind of curves back up and the, the bowl kind of flows back out of the, the foot as well coming up forward again. So it was a, it was a fun shape to make and as the, it was one of those that I, I drew, I sketched and sketched and sketched and thought, I think this will work, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And it uh, worked out wonderfully. I mean, it's it it's got a severe reverse bend to it underneath the bowl. So, and does that bottom part of it actually work as a plug? Yes, it does. It does. So the way I the way I drilled it, it uh, it'll collect uh, any moisture will collect down there, just like on on any Cavalier. It does uh, when you you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to lean back probably smoking that pipe uh, or you might lose you might lose that effect a little bit but uh, if you're upright it uh, it should should drain just right all right and since it's just the two of us talking uh, did you get it balanced correctly the first time or did you have to go back and cut that and cut the bottom piece <laughs> well, yeah, I I'm you're not going to believe me when I say this, but because I I didn't believe it, but I had went ahead, I had made the stem, and I thought, you know, before I had polished the stem, I went ahead and bent it because I knew I wanted to, I wanted to put the whole thing together and see how much more adjusting I needed to do on that foot, and I uh, I set the thing up on top of a tin of tobacco, and with with the other hand ready to catch it, and it. It set like a champ, and it uh, it really sets pretty well. It doesn't uh, it doesn't teeter or totter too much. So I think all the sketches uh, and uh, and figuring kind of paid off. It, it set set wonderfully. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll take. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> we'll take that. Um, are there any uh, Are there any pipe makers that are out there that you look at and go man someday i want to be them this is this is that tough question because i there's so many i don't i i I know i'll leave out uh, some some really important ones but uh but yeah there's there's several i uh uh, style wise and uh, aesthetically i'm i really love lars iverson a lot of people do, and uh, his, uh, I think, it seems to me anyway that a lot of the American <laughs> artists and pipe makers have kind of share share that feeling with me. He seems like maybe he's as, uh, as imitated as, as anybody, uh, but uh, as far as the American pipe makers go, that's been one of the best part of this hobby for me is, you know, realizing, first of all, just how readily I was accepted uh, among other pipe makers. I, uh, I visit with a lot of them on a regular basis. Uh, we get it, we do video chats and stuff all the time. And uh, uh, so, you know, those guys, um, Nate King, uh, Micah Kreider, those guys, we, we are in contact quite a bit, and they're they're great. Uh, both Primal, Primal uh, Jetta has been maybe as much of a mentor to me as anybody. The guy's just a, 
incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes to pipe making and uh, and just an all-around incredible guy uh, and if you're if you're serious about learning he's always willing to to help in any way he can um, Tyler Beard is probably one of my favorite people in pipe making he uh, the first year I went to the Kansas City show uh, the year before last and uh, I think I had made like eight pipes at the time and Tyler spent a good portion of his weekend sitting there talking to me giving me advice uh, he said uh, you know come on come on down you're not you're not far from uh, Edmond to come on down and visit and so it, I did I went and spent a, a Saturday there in his shop, and uh, Jody Davis actually ended up kind of showing up that day and hung out with us. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool experience for somebody who didn't uh, uh, <laughs> who didn't know what he was doing, but but sure looked up to those guys. And then uh, uh, Todd Todd Johnson's been a, a big help to me. I, I when I first started posting pipes on Instagram, he made a few comments on a few of them, and uh, Sometimes Todd's not the easiest guy to understand, you know, to, to figure out where he's the, what he means by some things. So I thought, I don't know whether he hates me or hates my pipes or whether, I don't know. I didn't know how to how to read him, but uh, he's been willing to give me very good, honest critiques of pipes and uh, has offered me advice on several occasions and phone calls and uh, been a been a big help and a, a great guy. Um, Ernie Markle has been a tremendous help to me. It's just, I, I've been floored by how uh, how great this community of pipe makers is. And, uh, you know, I, I think what I said about Primal kind of goes for all of them. If you're, uh, if you're serious about learning and, uh, and have a, a decent attitude and are willing to listen, there's a lot of people that are willing to help and uh, and uh, really help you along the way, and that's been a that's been a huge huge help to me. Now, if, now if Todd only knew what he was talking about, that'd be even better help. What? <laughs> one more well, I'm, question. I'm, uh, <laughs> One more question before we uh, before we head off to the end of this: Are you a Royals fan or a Cardinals fan? Oh, I am a diehard Cardinals fan, uh, but I have to say uh, the, the Royals would be my second favorite team in the league, and uh, and they were they were pretty fun to watch this season. What what little bit I got to watch, they were they were a pretty exciting team to watch. So. And on that note, we'll wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? All right, I think so. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe is a uh, Peter Heeshan egg, bamboo shank egg that uh, a good friend of mine gave me uh, one day, which uh, kind of shocked me, and I've, I've loved that pipe ever since. What is your favorite tobacco? Oh, uh, I, I go back and forth, but my fallbacks are always uh, either full Virginia Flake or a Scudo. 
What is your favorite drink? I drink water from the time I get up until the time I go to bed all day long. Filtered, bottled tap water? I prefer filtered. Uh, <laughs> I prefer filtered. <laughs> um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, there again, I don't know what this time to relax thing to <laughs> speak of is, but uh, I, I probably would have to say music. I'm, I'm a, a, a mediocre musician, and uh, and sit down and listen to listen to some good music of, of about any genre is what I would probably spend my time doing. And the final question, any particularly favorite pipe-smoking-related memory that we haven't talked about? Hmm, gosh, I think I've, I think I've kind of hit on most of them, but I, I, I guess my, my biggest would be uh, the, the first Kansas City Pipe Show that I went to and getting to uh, sit out in that tent with these guys that I looked up to and, uh, and uh, smoke a pipe and, and just enjoy visiting with them and picking their brain and, and learning from a bunch of great guys. There you go. Again, it's M.W. Price Pipes on Instagram or Mark Price in uh, on Facebook. Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Barron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. You know, after I guess after making your first Cavalier and it winning a uh, carving contest prize, I don't think I would uh, make another one after that either. So... Uh, check out part. Uh, check out Mark's pipes wherever you can find them. 
All right, for music, I'm not sure if we've played this one before, but it's from Ray LaMontagne, a pipe smoker, and it's called Drive-In, and it kind of reminded me of uh, one of the restaurants that we ate in at Disney World that's set up to look like an old-fashioned drive-in movie theater. So here's Ray LaMontagne.
you can remember going to the drive-in movie theater and the snack stand in the back and uh, all the cute little uh, dancing ads that they had to get you to come to the snack stand well yeah those go back a few days and you didn't want to drive off with the speaker hooked on nowadays the only drive-in i know of you turn your radio on and you hear it broadcast right through your radio yes you have new mail Let's do some quick mail, and then I'll give you just a little bit of a trip report. Uh, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian. Hope you and Mickey are having a good time. Of course, I know Tim West. He is one of the best pipe repairmen, pipe carver, and parts supplier around, and he is a great all-around guy. He is my go-to guy. He may not be the fastest, but he is the best. I'm privileged to have a pipe he made, which was presented to me by my co-workers upon my retirement. It is just fantastic. With the engraving and all. Oh, fantastic with the engraving and all. Great interview with good questions. Music, Louis Armstrong, When You Wish Upon a Star is always great. Rave, nice on getting the shirt you enjoy. There are so many good people in the pipe community. Great show. Uh, let's see. Bill45 writes... Great show as always, Brian. I know Tim personally. He's always given me great advice on pipe repair and how to start in the business. Uh, Through our conversations over the years at the NASPC show, I found out that he is, like myself, a Freemason, so we share that fraternal bond along with the pipe-smoking bond. Uh, I also own one of his pipes and have purchased some from his eBay store as well. My fur, uh, my fast five are Chuck Sands, P.S. Luxury Twist Flake, Ice Tea Book, and Smoking a Pipe with Steve Fallon at the NASPC show this year. Keep up the good work. And let's see, uh, Casey Ghost writes. I guess I haven't listened to the intro carefully enough until tonight. It referred to your vast mind. I thought it was half tight. <laughs> yeah, vast and empty. Um. The review of the Fast Five from the Vegas show was entertaining. Blood and Sand, and I got this email from a couple of people, so thank you, is a scotch cocktail that blends scotch whiskey, sweet vermouth, cherry herring, blood orange juice, and cherry. It's named after the famous Rudolph Valentino bullfighting movie Blood and Sand. I'm not 
I'm going to have to try one because it sounds intriguing, but um, not too intriguing. Uh, anyway, Dan goes on to write, enjoyed the Tim West interview. Interesting that unlike today's new wave carvers, he did it because he needed to make money. <laughs> Didn't know he was an accomplished musician. musician. Envious is all get out. I love music, and the next note I hit will be the first. <laughs> Tim does a good job of explaining why pipe repair can be very difficult. <laughs> Dan, that's better than I. I can't even play the radio. Um, Louis Armstrong is great, but he's no Jiminy Cricket. It is no news that Sally Gottliebson is a great person. I must admit I'm a sucker for red hair. Maureen O'Hara. And yes, the pipe community is full of just great people. Yeah, the pipe community is full of a bunch of good people. Um, all right, so just a quick little trip report for those of you that might be thinking of going to Disney World. Um, since I got this iPhone, it has a, a little walking tracker app on it, and I've been paying attention to it. We averaged averaged walking about seven and a half miles a day, and keep in mind it was just the it was the two of us. My son was in and out a, a little bit. And a couple of friends who had never been to Walt Disney World before. Older, married couple, never been before. So we kind of laid out the highlights of what you want to see. We didn't have to go rushing anywhere. We didn't have to go chasing after a whole bunch of stuff. But still, averaged about seven and a half miles of walking. Um, interesting thing that we did, instead of having a whole bunch of big sit instead of having a big sit down meal for dinner and for lunch we basically had moderate sized meals but in between we had interesting snacks from different places so that was kind of fun that was something that we you know with when you got kids in tow and they want to hit the next ride and hit the next line they really don't want to stop and do that um did notice that it looks like disney world is um eliminating Places where people can sit comfortably and relax. It looks like they're taking them out more and more, and probably because the cynical side of me says, well, they want you inside a store or inside of a restaurant or doing something, but the other side of me says that, uh, you know, maybe the, the sane side would say that, yeah, there's a dang whole bunch of people down there, and... Park benches and stuff like that just kind of get in the way. But it seems like in the past six, eight years, maybe they've taken out a whole bunch of park benches and places to sit in the shade and just watch the people go by. Anyway, uh, that's my take. If you're going to Disney World, get ready for a bunch of walking. I didn't realize it was seven or eight miles a day. I knew I was always tired at the end of the day. But anyway... That's that. Uh, got any questions or comments, post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. If you could, please go to iTunes and leave us a rating or review. We would appreciate that. Tell all your friends about the Pipes Magazine radio show. And in just a minute, the Thanksgiving rave rant for the year. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. 
My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. In light of all the recent uh, incidents around the world, I'm going to talk about uh, religion a little bit here and thankfulness. Yeah, religion, because I'm happy that I'm not part of a religion or part of a group of people that feels that we have to go out and kill people to make our point. Uh, I'm thankful that I'm a member of a group of people in a community of people that come together based around the pipe and we all get to celebrate around the pipe and we are all except for the occasional bad seed that sneaks in calm friendly wonderful people to be around i don't understand why or how in this day and age that somebody can feel like the only way that we're going to get our point across is to go out and kill you it kind of makes me feel like evolution is true and that some people have not evolved that far and maybe if we gave them all a bunch of pipes to smoke and they could sit down and relax maybe they'd evolve more and they'd catch up to the rest of us now on thanksgiving weekend i'm gonna spend some time being thankful for the fact that every day that i get up i get to work in an industry where People are grateful for the product that we provide them. I get to be part of a group of people in a hobby that share one common bond and we enjoy being around each other. I'm thankful for the fact that I have evolved beyond wanting to kill people, except for boyfriends. That that doesn't count, but except for boyfriends. Uh, just because they're different. If you are different, that's fine with me. Just don't come and tell me that I need to be that different with you. But on this Thanksgiving, I'm going to be thankful for everybody in the pipe smoking hobby, the pipe smoking community, whatever you are. I'll sit back on Thanksgiving Day after a big dinner, light up my pipe, relax, and be thankful for the fact that, hey, I get to talk to you folks. All right. New episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Hope you all have a safe and wonderful Thanksgiving here in the United States. 
uh, wishing you all around the world a uh, happy beginning to the holiday season and hope you all stay safe and sound. Uh, with all that being said, Mark Price, thank you for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Holy Lord, look at this guy. Caught him right after Thanksgiving feast. Oh, nice, Richard. God, I need a pooper scooper.